Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. This week's episode contains discussions on suicide. If you, or anyone you know, is in need of help, please contact the National Suicide Lifeline. It's free, and it's confidential. You can call 988. You can also visit 988lifeline.org. You are not alone. Darker Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 36 Sionfa A Space Without Time The diviner led Vel and her party of travelers as far as she could. They now stood at the edge of yet another dark void. This time, however, there was a large metal staircase leading further down into the abyss. Down there is not where you will find your exit, but it will certainly be closer than it is now. What's down there? asked Mister, nervously. Caucus, said Vel. What's Caucus? asked Dorothy, hesitantly. A mythical thief, answered the woodman. Man of many forms, but never one of honor. Vel glanced back at the woodman. She could not help but be impressed by his knowledge of the old world and his knowledge of the other side. It was almost a shame he was made of metal, and so irritatingly dedicated to his wife. The staircase was too narrow for them to walk side by side. Instead, they were forced to walk one after another in single file. Vel led the way, as she was the source of light. Dorothy followed close behind with Mr. close behind her, and the woodman trailing in the back. Within what felt like only minutes, the lair of the diviners was far behind them, and no longer visible. The darkness was all-encompassing once again, save for the soft green light cast by Vel. A great sense of uncertainty overtook the travelers as they ventured further down. Not even Vel or the woodman were immune from this strange air. Paranoia crept into each of them, as they gradually became more aware of themselves and their personal space. Watch it, muttered Dorothy, as Mr. accidentally bumped into her, stepping on the heel of her foot. Well, if you would just walk faster, said Mr. His snide tone would have been surprising in any other place under any other circumstance. But not here. Not now. 
Why don't you two just shut up? Interjected the woodman, several steps behind them. Jesus Christ, said Dorothy. How about you mind your own fucking business back there? I'm getting a little tired of listening to a fucking trash can anyway. Shut up, all of you, said Vel sternly. You think I want to listen to any of you whiny little pissants? The arguing persisted as they continued their descent into descent. Time passed, and eventually, unbeknownst to any of the travelers, they found themselves in a completely different landscape. The lair of the diviners, now miles behind them. Wait a minute, said Dorothy, as she looked around with curiosity. What the hell just happened here? Their present states of mind had been so distracting and disorienting that none of them noticed the darkness had subsided. None of the travelers realized they were no longer descending the staircase, but instead wandering through a black desert of scorched earth. <sighs> what do you mean? asked Vel as she turned to look at Dorothy with a sneer. Upon turning to her follower, she too took notice of their current surroundings. Large, jagged black rocks jutted from the surface, and a foul black smoke rose from the ground throughout the land. When did we... asked Mister. How did we... asked the woodman. Is this... asked Dorothy. The Den of Sionfa, interjected Vel. Keep your wits about you. You're one to talk, muttered Dorothy in response. And what is that supposed to mean? asked Vel snippily. It means you're just as clueless as the rest of us, answered Dorothy abruptly. Excuse me? asked Vel. You didn't notice we were here either, replied Dorothy. I'm beginning to think you don't really know how to get us out of the other side, if you know anything at all. Dorothy, Mr. said, cautiously and quietly. You're getting pretty brave, girly, replied Vel. Vel, said the woodman, unsuccessfully trying to gain her attention. Oh, I'm not getting brave, said Dorothy. I'm already fucking brave. She reached for her knife as she lunged at Vel, only to be grabbed and pulled back by Mr. Dorothy, he screamed. Vel, still angry, lunged at Dorothy in response. Stepping between the two of them, the woodman put an abrupt end to the squabble. I think we have other things to worry about, he said, as he subtly raised a finger, gesturing for her to turn around. Everyone stopped what they were doing and followed the woodman's gaze. There was a man standing on the top of a nearby rock formation. He was far enough back that he was only visible from the waist up. His face was weathered and worn. A long gray beard hung from his chin. Thin, wiry hair fell from the top of his head and rested on his bony shoulders. He was wearing a tattered shirt, and where there were holes in his attire, you could count each individual rib of his malnourished body. 
In one hand, he held a single arrow, while the other, a rickety old bow. Who are you? The man yelled down to them nervously. Where did you come from? And have you seen Sionfa? You aren't Sionfa? asked Dorothy. Do I fucking look like Sionfa? The man yelled down as he stepped forward, revealing the rest of his body. That of a horse. A centaur? asked Dorothy in disbelief. Caucus, came a loud yet gentle voice from within the air. It was not the voice of a man, nor was it the voice of a woman, and it seemed to be coming from all directions. Caucus, you have stopped running. It's not my fault, cried the centaur, as he took his eyes off the travelers and looked into the sky. They stopped me. As he pointed the arrow at the travelers, his hand shook involuntarily and wildly. Caucus, you know the rules. Caucus looked back at the travelers, before jumping from his perch. Everyone cringed at the sight and sound of his four legs buckling and breaking open upon impact. He cried out in pain as blood pooled around him. Caucus, said the voice. That was not very smart. The centaur simply laughed like a madman. His laughter came to a grinding halt at the sound of light scratching, coming from behind a small rock. He stretched a sly grin across his face, but like the laughter before, it was short-lived. Whatever thought had caused him to laugh or grin disappeared completely. Once he noticed, he no longer had the bow or the arrow in his possession. He must have lost his grip on them when he hit the ground, and now they were several feet in front of him, out of reach. He dropped his torso forward and began dragging his broken body across the black plain, leaving a crimson trail of blood behind him and screaming in agony the entire time. The scratching persisted. Caucus, said the voice, just as the centaur was finally within reach of his lost bow and arrow. I would not do that if I were you. Caucus laughed in response. <laughs> You're going to kill me anyway, and I will not go down without a fight. He grabbed the bow and the arrow and straightened himself back up as best he could. As he placed the arrow to the sinewy string of the bow, a small six-legged lizard scurried out from its hiding place behind the rock. You can't possibly think you will win, laughed the lizard. It leapt upon its crippled prey before he had a chance to even draw the bow. Caucus began to shake, dropping the weapon to the ground as he batted at his tiny assailant. It crawled up one side of his head before burrowing into his thin hair. 
It reemerged once more as it climbed down the other side of his face, only to burrow into his beard, before appearing right back where it started. The centaur stopped moving. His breath was heavy as he strained his eyes downward, trying to see what the lizard was doing. Dorothy and company all watched cautiously as they each took a few slow steps back. They jumped as the lizard quickly climbed up the other side of Caucasus's face and into his left ear. He once again began to laugh like a madman as he raised the arrow and plunged it into his ear. He continued to laugh, even as the blood began to pour down the side of his face, even as he began to cough and spit up the thick red fluid. His maddening laughter persisted as he wrenched the arrow back and forth, until he finally collapsed and drew his last breath. What the fuck was that? Dorothy asked. The question was directed at anyone that could answer, as she looked down at the bloody mess of a centaur. That, said Vel, was Sionfa. And I think Caucus just killed it, said the woodman. Dorothy, said Mister. Can we go now? Dorothy looked at her straw-filled friend. His white, painted eyes looked more worried than ever. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. As the words left her lip, the lifeless body of Caucus began to twitch and convulse as its legs began to snap back into place and mend. Everyone watched as he slowly returned to his feet. What's happening? asked Dorothy. I thought he was dead. Why, why isn't he dead? He's dead all right, said the woodman, watching Caucus pull the arrow from his left ear and drop it to the ground. Sionfa isn't, though, continued Vel. The body of the centaur stood straight up and looked at Dorothy with a grin. Prophecy, hissed Caucus, in the voice of Sionfa. The word was ringing all too familiar in Dorothy's ears, and she slowly backed away at the sound of it. After a few seconds of staring at Dorothy... The reanimated caucus charged at her with breakneck speed. Dorothy turned to run away, but was knocked to the ground face down, as caucus leapt upon her back. Her nose hit the ground with a crunch, and for a moment she was worried it was broken, as though that was the most of her problems. She managed to roll over, shielding her eyes as caucus reached down with his wrinkled, leathery hands. He placed them on both sides of her head and dug long, jagged fingernails into her flesh. He began to pull harder and harder as his laughter grew louder and louder. I will have your head, cried Caucus in the strange voice of Sionfa. Dorothy screamed and cried as the attack went on. She tried to reach for her knife, but was unable to get a grip on it let alone unsheathe it amidst the chaos and terror of the assault. Caucus reared up and screamed in pain 
as he felt the sharp blade of the woodman's axe forcing its way into the back of the horse's body. Mister quickly came to Dorothy's aid as well, pulling her away from Caucus before his hooves could come back down on her. Even Vel proved to have somewhat of a heart, as she helped Dorothy back to her feet. Everyone watched as the woodman pulled his axe out and dropped it to the ground. He climbed onto the back of the human beast, placing his heavy metal hands on its frail, still-bleeding head. He pulled back until he heard a loud snap. The beast's mangled body collapsed in a lifeless heap on the ground. Caucus was dead once more. The woodman slowly climbed off before picking up his axe. You okay? he asked, looking at Dorothy. It almost sounded heartfelt. <sighs> yeah, said Dorothy quietly, still breathing heavily and rubbing her face. Just a, a few minor scratches and bruises. Not the worst thing I've been through. But, let's get out of here. As they walked by what was left of Caucus, he began to twitch and convulse once again. Everyone took notice and quickly backed away. Everyone but the woodman, who was quick to raise his axe and bring it back down, burying it in the horse's side this time. His attack on the beast this time was useless as Caucus returned to his feet, axe still in his side. He looked at Dorothy once again. <laughs> I have you now. Dorothy and her fellow travelers watched as Caucus transformed into a picture-perfect replica of Dorothy. Jesus Christ, Dorothy exclaimed. You have got to be fucking kidding me. Don't let her get too close to you, said Val as she took a stand in front of Dorothy. If you want the prophecy, you're going to have to go through me first. Sianfa looked at Val and stretched her neck to the right, creating several loud popping sounds. She then stretched it to the left for the same effect. I think I can do that, said Sionfa. I think I might even... enjoy that. With no more words spoken, Sionfa charged at Vel with all the ferocity of a howler monkey, protecting its territory. She leapt upon her victim, knocking her to the ground, and straddled her waist. Vel looked up at her with an unusual sense of fear in her eyes, as Sionfa unsheathed her knife with one hand, while holding her down by the neck with the other. You don't want to do this, started Vel, but her words were cut short as Sionfa proceeded to plunge the blade deep into her victim's chest. The legendary Vel, said Sionfa. The Almighty, the one who blinded Plutus the one who turned King Phlegius to stone, dead at the hands of the Queen of the Scorched Desert, Sionfa.
She laughed as Vel weakly raised her hands in a feeble attempt to fight back. She gasped for air as Sianfa placed the blade further into her chest. Sianfa let out a cry of exasperated euphoric pleasure as she twisted the blade before pulling it back out. <laughs> oh, I thought it would be more difficult than this, said the Wicked Queen, short of breath and still under the guise of Dorothy. I guess I was wrong. With Vel lying dead on the ground, Sianfa stood up and looked at the blade, dripping with blood. She stared at Dorothy as she raised it to her mouth and licked it clean with a long, lizard-like tongue. Dorothy reached for her own knife. It was now or never. As Dorothy unsheathed her weapon, Sianfa leapt on her with the same ferocity as her attack on Vel. Unlike Vel, Dorothy put up more of a fight. The two of them rolled around on the ground, exchanging punches and avoiding stabs and cuts with their respective weapons. After a few seconds, they had thrown each other off of themselves and put a solid six-foot distance between them. Breathing heavily, they looked at each other, and then at Mr. and the Woodman. I'm the real Dorothy, they exclaimed in unison. Mr. and the Woodman looked at each other, before looking back at the Dorothys, both genuinely unsure of what to do in the situation. Don't just stand there, screamed Dorothy number one, as she pointed to Dorothy number two. Fucking kill her! Don't... Listen to her, said Dorothy number two, pleadingly. I'm not Sionfa. Mister, you know me. No, mister, you know me, cried out Dorothy number one in the same pleading voice as she stepped forward cautiously. I'm Dorothy. I'm the one... You saved from the ogre. No, said Dorothy number two. I'm the one that patched you up that day. I'm the one you rescued from the, from the poppy fields, interrupted Dorothy number one. I'm so confused, said Mr., as he looked back and forth between the two of them. I... I, I don't know what to do. Fuck it, said Dorothy number one as she charged at Dorothy number two, plunging the knife into her stomach. Dorothy number two fell to her knees, dropping the knife in the process. Dorothy number one pushed harder until number two fell backward. She climbed on top of her and straddled her, much in the same manner that Sianfa straddled Vel previously. She placed both hands on the handle of the knife and pulled it out. She raised it high into the air and screamed as she brought it back down. She repeated the process, stabbing her victim over and over for several minutes until there was nothing but a large hole bored into her chest. She stopped only once she realized what she was doing. Breathing heavily, Dorothy cried in guilt and shame, 
as she dropped the knife to the ground beside her. Sionfa was dead.